Disclaimer. The following podcast contains material and language that may not be suitable for minors. While not in every episode, this podcast may contain triggering subject matter that may be brought up without warning. Any information or advice given is for entertainment purposes only. We are not doctors. Please consult your physician with any medical questions or before making any decisions regarding your health. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hello, our babies. It's once again time for a Seth and Sarah quickie. And this time we bring you some stories of interesting developments for sex workers in the era of COVID. So Sarah, what do you say? Want to have a quickie? Let's do it. Little afternoon delight. Ooh. (laughs) All right, Seth. So I found this article in the Boston Herald that kind of caught my attention and I wanted to share it with you and our lovely, lovely listeners. And it's revolting. Oh, yeah. God, because what the fuck, people? Guys, girls, everyone in between. What the? I just, I can't. Folks, we're in the middle of a pandemic. If shit's not bad enough that people are, are literally dying by the thousands every day. Let's just say that your mother and I are very disappointed in you. Very disappointed. Children, listen, there are things. I know we haven't covered the consent episode yet. It's coming next week. It's coming in a few days. Actually, you guys are going to get this because we're behind on recording and it's 100% my fault. I am a sickly, sickly person and have just recovered from strep after just having COVID. So congratulations. And this is why we record remotely, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) This is why we practice social distancing. But guys, just because we haven't recorded consent yet doesn't mean that you shouldn't practice it. It's a good thing to do. So when it comes to exploiting people for sex, and I hate the fact that this article refers to them as quote unquote commercial sex workers, because if you're being exploited for sex, exploited means that you're being essentially used your will in some way, shape or form, coercion or just downright force. That does not make you a commercial sex worker. Yeah, it makes you a slave. Yeah, you're a slave. It's fucking servitude. So in this article, they talk about how Massachusetts is now tracking the coronavirus among quote unquote commercial sex workers. So this isn't something that they'd been doing because, of course, people who are listing their occupation as a sex worker in a state where sex work is not legal, the uh, the number is very, very small. I want to say it was like eight. You have to clarify that because it's not that sex work is illegal. It's that prostitution is illegal in Massachusetts. You can still have an OnlyFans or be a stripper, which are still sex work, but you cannot sell sexual services. For clarity, thank you, Seth. Uh, You cannot be a prostitute in the state of Massachusetts. And it was not eight times. It was nine. Uh, Commercial sex work was declared nine times as an occupation over the past two months in the daily coronavirus reports. Now, I'm very curious if that was actually true, that was people just messing around. I don't know. I'm not sure. I imagine that these reports were people who were testing either for the coronavirus or were testing positive for the coronavirus, testing their occupation. And I think if they were testing positive for coronavirus and it was for tracking purposes, they were being honest about their occupation. You have a lot more faith in people's honesty than I do, because even I've done some things in interviews sometimes dealing with either public health or government agencies or... I was not completely honest. I think if I worked at McDonald's and I went in and I had coronavirus, I wouldn't be like, I'm a prostitute. Yeah, fair. But that's just me. Somebody would if they thought that they were being funny. I don't know. Kids these days. (laughs) 
Yeah, oh well. But does that number surprise you, though? If, let's say, it's honest. That only nine people are saying that they are? Yeah, that there would be nine that would say it. Yeah, I mean, there's almost certainly more, I would think. Oh, no, it doesn't surprise me at all that only nine people would, for lack of a better word, fess up. Mm-hmm. Considering that it's not legal in the state of Massachusetts. Yes. But at the same time, if you are an exotic dancer or stripper, you could just as easily spread it if you were uh, as the same as a someone that does sell their body, an actual prostitute, depending on what level of physical activity you're allowed in the club. Yeah, I wouldn't say just as easily, but there is the potential, yeah, to be a vector. For all we know, the people that listed could have been exotic dancers or anything like that, or they could have just been straight up sex workers. Well, but that brings up a point. They understand, or at least there are lots of fears, that the Tali is, is very much underreporting. Yeah. Numbers <laughs> of people who are being sex trafficked, which they do call it later on that they're being exploited for sex or that they are being sex trafficked in this area. It's something that the law enforcement, that doctors, there is an organization in eastern Massachusetts called My Life, My Choice that works, I guess, with people who are involved in the commercial sex industry to, I don't know if they work to get them out of it or to assist them with putting their lives back together if they've been involved in it. But they're aware that this is happening. They're aware that this exists in Massachusetts. So they know that there is a problem. They know that this is, I guess, a hotbed, so to speak, of activity in the area that it's, and I'm quoting straight from the article, a real potential for this to be a super spreader. Because let's face it, the people who are paying for these services, if I'm a consenting adult going to a business where there is another consenting adult performing a service that just happens to be performing sex acts for money, that's totally fine. I have no problem with that. I totally see your point. And It kind of begs me the question for you. It's like, I know that you and I don't live in areas of the country where it's legal, but do you think, I mean, plus your partner and I'm not, but given what's going on, would you be going to any kind of place that was sexual? Would you be going to a strip club or a brothel right now? Strip club, probably. If that was something that I was into, yeah, I would probably go to a strip club. Even one that allowed touching? Allowed touching? Yeah, because there are a few in the area where we live that do allow it. Well, sure, but does that mean I would touch? No, that's my choice. Okay, that's fair. I would not be sitting up next to the stage. I would not be giving anyone an opportunity to touch me. (laughs) You're not going to be making it rain? (laughs) No, I would be making it rain from afar. How's that? I would be a tropical storm off the coast. Here's my PayPal account. (laughs) I'll Apple pay you. Hold (laughs) on. What do you think that this story does for the reputation of the sex industry? Well, I think that people are dumb. Let's just throw that out there. In general, people are not all that bright. And, and when I say not that bright, I mean collectively. It seems like when you get a large number of people together, the IQ just drops. And it's really a shame. Because <laughs> when you look at this, people are going to see this and they're going to see, oh, sex workers, they're just this plague on humanity. They're just this cesspool of disease and this is terrible. But again, we're not talking about a reputable brothels that are monitored by the health department. We're not talking about places that are tracked and they don't have the rules and regulations that a real business does. We're talking about, and I'm just going to throw some numbers out at you from this article here. Victims would typically arrive over the weekend. 
be sold for commercial sex for a week and leave as another victim arrived. So we're talking a victim would come for a week. They'd be there a week, serve 20 to 30 buyers a day, 15 minutes each. It's skeevy, it is. And you know there's not the precautions that being taken place. You know they're not probably washing. Oh, you know that they're not. The medical care is not being given. God knows what's being allowed to be done to them. During that time, what's left of them when it's over is the question, are they surviving the week? Is that why they're only there for a week? Are they drugged out of their heads to keep them compliant? It's a real possibility and it's frightening. It's very frightening. We talked to our friend Vex and we talked about adult entertainment and the steps they've taken. Now, granted that adult entertainment at the level that she's at is usually very safe and clean anyway, but I'm, she said even now, we probably eat off the floor of most shoots. You know, it's, it's a whole different but, world. But you know that these places aren't following the same precautions. They don't care. Oh, no, 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 of course not. They don't need to. They don't have anyone forcing them to follow those standards. Because you know as well as I do, we were both young. We both did our time in the service industry and the restaurants and doing all of that. And you and I both know that when the health department's not there breathing down their throats, most businesses are going to do the bare minimum to get by. Because that's the bottom line. We're in a rush. We have to get it done. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Exactly. And not only that, it's like, again, this is consensual, so it's a lot different, but... I've done the deed in places I probably shouldn't have just for sanitary reasons, but I was young and super horny. Well, sure, sure. So then we have to consider that's 20 to 30 people. Every one person that you're in contact with, you're actually in contact with like 20 people. Yeah, that sounds about right when I've heard on CNN and uh, elsewhere. And that takes me back to, you know, our health classes when we were in school. It's like, you may only sleep with one person, but then you're sleeping with every person that person ever slept with. And it's like, if you're within six feet of this person, you're within six feet of every person they've been within six feet in for the rest of the day, so. Right, so you have to take into consideration, and I'm just going to whip out my calculator here. So if you have 30 guys having sex with one person every day, by the end of the day, that last guy has now had sex with like 30 other people. And over the course of a week, 210 people. The law of numbers just says that someone out there was infected. Probably, who all most likely have families. And I mean, you thought some political rally was a super spreader event. Jesus. They have families, jobs, friends. In Sarah's world, what do we do about this? In Sarah's world, we find everyone who's involved and string them up. (laughs) Sarah is a harsh judge, but I would almost have to agree because nothing really gets my goat, honestly, like sexual exploitation of anyone. No. Much less young people. It's like, oh, you are the scum of the earth. (laughs) Here's the thing. There are so many people out there who fucking love sex. There are so many people out there who would be legal sex workers if (laughs) sex was legal. Does this make the case for like universal legality sex work, like taking the Nevada model and rolling it out nationwide? Sex work needs to be legalized. If you look at any other country, any other area that has legal sex work, numbers just add up. Sex Times are lower. Sexually transmitted diseases are lower. I'm home for putting over government regulation as a good thing. But I think in cases like this, it might be. If you can get it regulated and get the standard of the adult film industry, testing every 20 days and you have to go to this place, I think it could save a lot of lives. In my opinion, there are definite areas where the government having a hand in the regulation of a service is very good. The quality of food, health, 
as far as making sure that our medicines are doing the job that they're supposed to be doing and, you know, snake oil is no longer a thing. Restaurants being, you know, clean and everything they're supposed to be. And sex work, period. You mentioned about the rest of the world in Europe and that I would love to hear from our European friends and say what they think about this story because I'm sure they're like, wait, what? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. If any of our listeners are from countries that have legalized sex work, I would love to hear what they have to say. And what's going on in your country? What are they doing there as far as the sex work goes? Because after researching a little bit about this article, just kind of glancing through and, and seeing what sex workers are doing around the world in regards to handling coronavirus and how it's interfering with business, so to speak. And it looks like everyone's handling it a little bit differently and some ways better than others and in some ways a lot worse. So I think we may have a full episode on our hands. This is definitely a revisit at some point in the near future. Yeah, similar topic, different angle, I think. Absolutely. But I think that's all we've got to say about that. So Massachusetts, keep digging into that. Definitely see what's going on there. Get that fucking situation under control. Well, you know, America hasn't been the best at handling anything about this pandemic, but hey, what do I know? Well, pandemic, sex trafficking, fucking any of it. I don't know the actual numbers, so I'm sure somebody's going to come around and say something. But, you know, just every so often I see something about Ashton Kutcher. And sometimes I really feel like Ashton Kutcher has done a lot more for fucking sex trafficking to stop it than our fucking government has. That's one of the reasons why I'm not exactly in favor of over-government regulation, maybe minimal, just to be an infrastructure. Look at the war on drugs. They don't really handle things the best sometimes, but give it a shot. Come on. Our politicians pretty in the pocket of a lot of these people and uh, kind of paid off. That's a whole other podcast, so. (laughs) Another topic, sex and politics. Sex and politics. We're not going to get into that. Okay, guys. Well, hey, it's been fun. It's been great. Hope you got off. If not, whatever. Yes, but as always, tell us what you think. Hit us up on our Twitter and Instagram at InTheSackPod. Check us out on Facebook to search in the sack with Seth and Sarah. Gmail, Seth and Sarah Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, leave us that voicemail at 314-649-7604. We might use your voice clip on the show. Who knows? Talk to us about consent. That's the next episode. And after that, we'll let you know what we're going to talk about because we don't even know yet. <laughs> but uh, thanks for joining us for this quickie. And we'll see you next week for a full episode in the sack with Seth and Sarah. In the sack with Seth and Sarah has been an SNS production with cover art by Sarah Davis, featuring music by Bradley Arl. It can be downloaded wherever you find your podcast.